Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to episode number 246 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I am hiding behind a trapper keeper. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship. And with me, as always, with the cool slap bracelet, it's Sarah D. Bunting. Slap. (laughs) So today's episode is titled, as you may have seen, Songs We Loved in Seventh Grade. This is an opportunity for Sarah and I both to take a song that we were so passionate about in our seventh grade year and reinvestigate it now as older and perhaps wiser adults. Um, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'd, I'd just like to say that I'm already like retro cringing at myself and about some things that I'm about to reveal. This is going to be great for other people and horrible yeah. for me. <laughs> yes, So I've got some embarrassing stories around the song that I'm discussing as well. Um, And I think that the reason this makes sense, Sarah, as a topic is that seventh grade is 12, 13. And I feel like that's the age when you start to really care about pop music. I don't know. I can't prove that scientifically, but it just feels like that's the time when you move from someone who maybe listens to things in the background of your father, mother, or older siblings stereo and choose to listen to your own stereo as it were. And so you get this strong sense of identification with music that one perhaps hasn't had before. That that was my experience at least. And that's why I'm so excited to pick this particular era of my music fandom. Yeah, I think I, I was actually 11 for most of seventh grade for stupid reasons that are no longer relevant. Um, Parents do not. Did you skip a grade? I did. (gasps) Oh, And it, there's a reason they don't do it anymore. And I was probably longitudinal study exhibit A because it, yeah, it's just not, it doesn't work. It's, it's wrong. It's not how things work. But here's work. the irony. Laura Berger, who sings the theme of today's episode, also skipped a grade. And that's why we were in school to, in the same grade. Huh. Which grade did she skip? She skipped, I believe, second grade. So did I. I think that's the most skipped grade. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, carry on. Any hoodle. Um, yeah, and I skipped, I went to third grade. The third grade teacher was like the only one in the uh, school administration who thought this was a bad idea. Um, her name was Mrs. Arroway. Her birthday was on Halloween. And she told us this, this was literally the first piece of information imparted to us on the first day of third grade. That she's like, I was born on Halloween. That means I'm a witch. And then she just stood there. And I, then I think Alison Scheffler threw up. <laughs> It, I mean, someone threw up and it was usually Alison Scheffler. Sorry, girl. Okay, speaking of things that are going to make you want to throw up. For my birthday this year of our Lord, 2021, I received a cameo from another works spouse of mine, our esteemed colleague, Tara Ariano. If you had told 1984 Sarah that this was even possible, that there was a world in which this individual would be singing to her on a video on her phone. Um, She probably would have thrown up. Um, I almost threw up listening to this from Joy. Here is just part of the cameo that I received. And by the way, boyfriend is standing next to a pool with a fountain feature. This will be important. Here's a clip. 
and I hope you have an amazing 2021. And just remember something, that you're all I need. I seriously, like, still, it still works on me. Mr. Jack <laughs> Wagner, ladies and gentlemen, Tara got me the scamio. He's like standing by the pool. He's squinting into the sun. He, I think, hadn't shaved. I absolutely still would. Uh, we are, Tara and I, contemplating Jack Wagner's post-General Hospital career right now in our uh, Melrose Place podcast. Again, with this, if you want to listen along, I still would with that version of him. But I developed a crush on uh, Jack Wagner via Frisco Jones on General Hospital. He was a rocker on the show, sort of like coming in as part of John Stamos's band. And then John Stamos went on his way and Jack Wagner was the rocker character on General Hospital. And then he was in the like good spy, spy organization, the WSB. Oh my God. I had a crush These on this These things guy. that you're saying to me are blowing my mind. Like <laughs> soap operas are just amazing. <laughs> right now, Joe Reed is like carefully opening a file in notes and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> clocking all my mistakes and we welcome that uh joe we love you so uh, jack wagner this crush lasted as long as i as long as he was on general hospital he went on to do other soaps he does the wedding march series for hallmark i've talked about those on podcasts <laughs> Our esteemed colleague Linda Holmes once uh non-humble bragged that she'd seen him in concert twice <laughs> and i was like did you, I, where were you sitting? Tell me everything. And she's like, this is weird. And I'm like, I know, I can't control it. Here's how intense my crush was. Uh, I tried, having skipped a grade, to be very cool and above it all, never show any emotion, not react to things, hang back, wait to see what other people is cool, what other people think is cool, and then jump in. All I Need, which I believe debuted on General Hospital and went to number two, I'm going to say. That's correct. Um, I would shush people in order to listen to it the whole way through in like reverent silence. Um, strangers. Sometimes I would do this too. Other times it was people in carpool, including an 18-month-old <laughs> who learned he learned to shut up when all I needed right. was on the radio in the morning. It's actually a really not good song. Here's a clip. Oh, God, that's so bad. Yes, it's true. We've all been hurt before. But it doesn't seem. That vocal is not good. Um, his vocalizing, like the um, the pronunciations are weird. Um, the synth is really terrible. 
you could tell this is someone who thought of himself as like a rock guy, but was told in no uncertain terms by the record company, you are a soap opera star and you need to schmoop it up more. <laughs> um, I still have this. I still have a copy of the album. Someone left it on the street near my local pub and I grabbed it two years ago. It's on my wall in my office. Under a poster for Jerry Orbach in Six Rooms Riverview, I Contain Multitudes. Everything about the song, and this was the good song. This was the big hit. This song is not good. It makes me uncomfortable remembering what I was thinking when I shushed people to listen to it because I was, you know, 11. And I was having thoughts and feelings of a I'll be in my bunk nature that were not really... I was not aware of them as such. Uh, it's uh, I'm I'm dead now. I'm dead of mortification, and um, my ghost is talking to you on this podcast. Mark, do do you have some thoughts, negative or otherwise, about all I need before I get into how terrible the rest of the album was, which I owned on cassette, wore out a copy, and had to buy again. Holy shit, Sarah! Okay, <laughs> preview. Wearing out the cassette and having to rebuy is going to be part of my song choice as well. I will just tell you that. <laughs> that's that's when you know in this era that you fucking love a song because you have to rebuy the cassette. Yeah. And then you were like tearfully screeching at the cassette deck to to release the to release your precious tape and not mangle. Oh my it. god. Yes, and I can remember specifically. I wore out um, a couple of cassette singles, and you know those got taken off the market. So mm-hmm. I can remember one time being like, "Holy shit! If I cannot get another copy of Oh My God in my dreams by the party, <laughs> which was the Disney prefab quintet <laughs> vocal group, I think mine was um, the uh, it was like MC Logic. I think the guy's name was." Sure. Why not? Uh, at, never mind. Continue talking and I will I will look this up. So point being, when you wear out the cassette, you know you love a song. And I the song In My Dreams by The Party, originally recorded by the heavy metal band Danzig, of all yeah. things, it's it still gets me in a very special place, but it's not good. But that's not the song I'm talking about later, so we'll I'll spare you that for now. So all I need is a song that I definitely knew. But let me tell you, Sarah, that when I told Andrew, my husband, what we were going to be discussing on this episode, he immediately sang the entire first verse and chorus to me. And I was like, Oh shit, you know, every word to this song. <laughs> no. <laughs> to which he said, yeah, Jack Wagner was fine. <laughs> yeah, And I mean, still can get it. And as a scratch golfer, if you like that kind of thing, which I don't, um, by the way, the single in question was the Hitman by a B logic. <laughs> Yo, for the hitman. It was so embarrassing that I considered driving the car into a ravine <laughs> instead of trying to get help getting it out. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> like drove to Pennsylvania, found some Amish person with a screwdriver and was like, tell no one. <laughs> Please forget this ever happened. Oh, my Which God. Is a terrible so- song, English. Oh, God. I definitely was aware of and honestly have no ill will toward the song All I Need. Um, I have learned in doing research for today's episode that it peaked at number two behind Like a Virgin, interestingly <laughs> enough. If this isn't love we're making, see number one. 
Exactly. And it was co-written and co-produced by Glenn Ballard, who would go on to co-write and co-produce Hold On by Wilson Phillips, Uh uh, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson, Uh and the entirety of the Jagged Little Pill album. (laughs) Wow. Well, um, apparently he was not applying his talents to the rest of this album, or he was not in full flower yet. Uh, <laughs> it is so synthy in this way that just feels like Jack Wagner did not want. Like this, it just doesn't feel. Um, it doesn't feel like authentic to him. He clearly sees that this is his shot, and he's going right. to make the most of it and not complain. Like, uh, similar to a recent subject of ours, I really don't feel like he was given more than a single take on anything, if that. I think they might have used, like, some demo stuff. They didn't They didn't ever sweeten sort of, like, yowly moments on the vocal. Like, the, you know, the guy can sing, but he wasn't coached at all on, like, breathing or anything like that. I, I don't know. It's, it's bad. It's very bad. Well, th- this was also a period when a soap opera could really generate a hit song. Yeah, because, it wasn't the only um, one that came off of, hit, like, from him and General Hospital. There was, like, the, whatever, Lady of My Heart was also on this album. And then um, there was some song that was, like, written for hit Frisco and Felicia's wedding, whatever. And then they were married in real life. So that was a whole thing. Um and then he was with Heather Locklear for a while. I mean, it's Oof. that that is a journey. We should do a whole season well, on this guy. But uh, yeah, that the, and soap operas like definitely were um, like firing into the heart of the culture with these singles from like Michael Damien and Stamos and other people. So and uh, Rick Springfield mm-hmm. and Gloria Loring, who had that song Friends and Lovers mm-hmm. and um, the Michael McDonald. um Oh, uh, Michael McDonald and Patti LaBelle song. What's that song called? Mm. Uh, shit. It's just some like forgettable ballad, but it was a big hit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, James Ingram had, anyway, there are just like a shit ton of songs, not to mention Nadia's theme oh, and sure. think of Laura by Christopher Cross, which was uh-huh. on the general hospital commercials for the return of Luke and Laura. Yeah. Damn. Soap yeah. operas, man. Anyway, so I believe, Sarah, if I'm not mistaken, that you have pulled a clip from another Jack Wagner song. I have, because I just want, uh, if I'm going to be um, humiliating myself to this extent, I want the humiliation to be complete. I want to be burned to a cinder, n- nothing left. This is from Tell Him That You Won't Go, which has now been stuck in my head since I pulled this clip two days ago. This is representatively terrible it's not the worst song on this album which i would argue is sneak attack um if anyone else Ah. was in this like jack wagner mode besides linda holmes please at us at talk songs on twitter i'm happy my restless ghost will be happy to discuss this with you in the meantime here is a clip from tell him that you won't go buckle up Oh. I know he's waiting. Say you're not playing. Tell him that you won't 
I can't go. I'm dead. Sarah, those vocals are are bad. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> Poor kid. I just really Ooh. I think even as an 11 year old, I was like, this is not this was created in haste and probably should have just not been like they should have just contented themselves with the single. There's a lot of y- yowling and um, sparks flying off of certain rock yell attempts and then just really a lot of intrusive keyboards all over the thing <laughs> it's like a casio exploded um in the middle of a spencer gifts it's bad i rebought the cassette rebought it <laughs> they had to special order it for me because it was no longer like a thing <laughs> amazing Wait, how old were you when you rebought the cassette? Eleven and a half. I I don't actually remember. I think I was. I think I was twelve. But like, it, it was a short enough time that you would think that they might still have it. But no, the the tape had already been deleted by the record company at that time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was like I should have just like asked to be driven to the mall where you could do this sort of thing a little more anonymously. But I went to the independent record store in my town. It's still there. Bless their hearts. It's called Scotty's. And that was definitely like a sort of like Hesher, like hard rock focused joint, despite being in Mayberry, New Jersey. So, um, yeah, for me to (laughs) approach the counter and be like, excuse me, sir, (laughs) where are your terrible mistakes? Hello, fellow music lover. (laughs) <laughs> I would like to order the fine work of Jack Wagner. <laughs> Gr- greetings and salutations, Jack Wagnerillier. Where might I, I find? See, I can see where that might you, like, I find enduring aesthetic. humiliation? Oh, hello. <laughs> do you too care about the musical arts? I see that you do. <laughs> oh, and he said, "Look, Suger." <clears throat> <laughs> oh my god but i i gutted it out though i i was aflame with embarrassment but i placed the order and when they called to tell me it was in i walked down there and picked it up brown paper bag scotty's on and paid with your hard-earned cash I, with my allowance and my money that i got from walking dogs yeah i just I mean, it was the mid 80s. Okay. Just now, I will say, fast forward to 91 when I, young Mark Blankenship, am in seventh grade. And I didn't quite have the language yet for my own homosexuality. Mm -hmm. But the soundtrack of my homosexuality had already found me. If my enthusiasm for In My Dreams by the Party didn't already indicate that I was listening to some gay-ass shit. <laughs> in seventh grade, I was also making a lot of Mariah Carey mixtapes. I was getting Oh, really yes. Into- I was just going to ask if this was in the um, bus mixtape era. Yeah. That got oh, no. stolen. Yes, it was. I was also getting into Tori Amos and Shakespeare's Sister. Also, clearly, the musical taste of a gay person. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's just be honest. I am what I am. A fine song from the gay musical La Caja Paul. But Sarah, there was a period of time when no song could compete 
for my affections because the only song I loved truly the song I loved the most. I can remember saying to my mother in all earnestness, this was my favorite song of all time. Oh God, Sarah, I lived my, my parents still live in this house that I lived in, in 1991. My bedroom was on the upper floor with a window that faced directly out onto the street. Like you could look out the window and see the driveway. I lifted the window, took my stereo and turned it so that the speakers faced out (laughs) because I remember specifically thinking, I want the neighborhood to hear this song. I want to give them the gift of this song. (laughs) And it didn't occur to me that they would be anything but grateful. Okay. No, why, why would it? I did have to rebuy the cassette single of this song because I listened to it so fucking much. I bought not only the first cassette tape album of this artist, I was like one of 13 people in America that bought the second Mm. cassette tape album by this artist. The song peaked at number two, just like your Jack Wagner song, behind my aforementioned Mariah Carey's I Don't Want to Cry. And that song is Touch Me, parentheses, All Night Long. By Kathy Dennis. And some of you might be thinking, who is Kathy Dennis? That is a very fair question. I chose for this song reached me and she is an artist who has done a lot of interesting things in her career, but she was never like an artist with a persona, if you know what I mean. It was never she like played oh, right. the West Beverly Hills High prom. Yes. In nineteen ninety-three. Two years later, during the release of her second album, for which I again bought the cassette, that album was called Into the Skyline. And on that episode of 90210, as we've discussed on Slack, she had terrible bangs. Mm -hmm. She also sang a song poorly, I might add, a ballad called Moments of Love on on that episode. Kathy Dennis went on to write Toxic by Britney Spears. She wrote Can't Get You Out of My Head by... Kylie Minogue, and she wrote I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry, which I'm not sure she should be proud of, but it mm. made her a fortune, I'm sure. Well, yeah. So Kathy Dennis, although somewhat anonymous as an artist, did go on to write a lot of hits for other people. Kathy Dennis had four top ten hits as an artist. Uh, Just Another Dream, um, uh, Come On and Get My Love. Did Why chart? It did not. It was this. I, now, I actually liked that song, too, but it did not, and that's a shame. And uh, Too Many Walls, which was the song about young love that I was a ballad and I just thought was the most profoundly beautiful thing. Oh, my God, Sarah. Oh, my God. I'm just having like a full body memory of this. Oh, God. So in Unless you shushed anyone to listen to it, I am still, quote, winning, just so you know. In drama camp, in summer oh, no, I can remember insisting that everyone at lunch at drama camp Listen to the lyrics to the Kathy Dennis song, Too Many Walls, as I recited them while holding the cassette tape insert. Okay, like they were we, we have a new leader. That's bad. I was like, listen to this. I mean, this you had me poetry. at drama camp. Oh, God. And the thing, <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I was very popular at drama camp. And this was a time <laughs> when I used this. my power. This was a time when I used my power for ill. <laughs> because I remember that the people were like, yes, this is great. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my uh, God. But all of this Kathy Dennis. So the, the album, the first album by Kathy Dennis was called Move to This. 
I have favorites from the album tracks to this day, but the signature song, hands down, is Touch Me All Night Long. It takes the chorus of a song called Touch Me All Night Long by a disco group called Wish, featuring Fonda Ray, and updates the verses with verses that Kathy Dennis wrote herself. Without further ado, here is a clip from my absolute all-time favorite song of 1991, Touch Me All Night Long, Kathy Dennis. In retrospect, I will acknowledge both the vocals and the production are thin. <laughs> like, I'm not over here trying to act like that this is a vocal for the ages. Mm. And I'm not trying to act like that anybody spent more than $50 on whatever rinky-dink keyboard program was used. And yet, I can't not be who I was and who I am. I will always have a soft spot. <sighs> My God. As recently as, like, during the pandemic, I listened to the entirety of this album. And let me tell you, there are definitely some songs on that album, whoo, child, that do not hold up. Mm. But this one still brings me an intense amount of joy. It brings me an intense amount of joy, too, because it's just, like, it's a window into the summer of 92. It takes me right back there to, like, stuff that I was wearing, stuff that we were watching. Um for what it is, it's perfectly adequate. Um, and like, I'm never going to seek it out, but I'm never going to flee from it either. Before right. I continue with my remarks, your mention of holding up the cassette player at lunch. Uh, did you also tape things off the radio? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yes. Because that was my first real copy of All I Need was having taped it off the radio. And I may have taped a performance off of the TV by holding up this like monster cassette deck that weighed 15 pounds. Yes. In front of Channel 7. Oh, God. I mean, look, I know everyone was in seventh grade and did stupid shit like this, but God, I'm so glad I don't have to go back there every day. Here's the funny thing about touch me all night long for a song with that title and those lyrics that is um born of a disco song this is this is sexless to like a curious degree i think part <laughs> of it is a um early 90s thing where a lot of things were like uh you know let me list all the dirty things that i want to do with you but we'll have to do them in full body condoms because aids will still guaranteed kill us both dead right um so that's part of it sometimes that you're like where you know like where's the like booty sweat on this song on this dance hit that is designed to make people want to fuck and then go fuck oh right 
1991. So, but it, it's amazing to listen to it. Like, it's it's about sex, but it's like, this is the least sexy, sensual dance hit. Like, this just seems like, I haven't seen the video, but it just seems like it could be in a commercial for something rated G, like with a lot of washed out light and um, blue taffeta. Like it just seems very divorced from the actual dirty execution of sex. (laughs) So that that's fascinating to listen to because like I was chair dancing while we were listening to the clip. It's a great song. It's a sunny song. It's fun. It's inviting. It's not necessarily all that well made or sung, but it it does. It's that part of its job. But then the other part of pop music's job is in the pants. And this has no interest <laughs> in pants, has never heard the word pants, is possibly wearing four pairs of pants. Like I, I don't I don't know how to explain why it feels so um just actually seventh grade like holding hands like second base is a you know scandalous undiscovered country um but that's that's just how it lands for me that it's like oh yeah this like it's very nostalgic and very safe for a dance hit yes and honestly probably one of the reasons that i loved it so much because I was 12. What the fuck did I know? But this song, just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just enough. I mean, and definitely all I need by contrast is like, um, basically like they've already been doing it for a while and it's sort of the relationship has reached that uh, fork in the road where it's like, so, I mean, are we seeing other people? Should I get tested? What are we doing? <laughs> And he's like, well, you know, I'm in love with you and you should, you should call it (laughs) like fish or cup bait. But there's like, there is more sex in all I need, I think on paper than there is in the end product because the production is so embarrassingly cheesy. Yes. It's like the first time that you have sex with somebody and it's like, look, I mean, not that this isn't hot and everything, but like, it's the first time. So there's just like a lot of elbows and accidentally pinning people's hair to the pillow and it's like well all right we'll we'll figure this out but that was sort of funny like that's that's this because (laughs) you know he's like skate like sliding along the far edge of the pitch on a couple of the big chorus notes that you're like i mean this would be sexy if i didn't if i didn't think that someone had to give you a wedgie so you would hit that note but i i do think that and so well, and meanwhile, that. Kathy Dennis is has more reverb than <laughs> on her voice than <laughs> than like 17 guitar solos from oh. Journey. <laughs> so we don't know what she sounded like originally because no. they've done our their best to make sure that we never find out. I mean, we kind of do. She has some very stilted intro patter in the promisode on 90210. <laughs> I think she was a I think she would have had a fine career in audiobooks as well. She had a lovely voice. Very very soothing, but also I don't know. It's like, "Hello, I'm your virtual concierge." Like 
Okay, so I just can I go interest back to you in a second copy of Jack Wagner's All I Need? We've got two left in the world, and you seem to be the only one who wants either. <laughs> so to go Pick. back to the music video. I also watched this music video many times. Um, you're correct, actually, that it's mostly just people in like very, very covered up body stockings doing some dance moves. <laughs> there are there are circular cutouts that don't quite dip down to the cleavage. There's more like the they show like the divot in the throat more than they okay. show anything. Uh, and there's this one particular dance move where she oh, like carotid slaps look. her. Say what? The carotid look. Hubba. That's exactly. And there's a particular dance move in the music video where she slaps her own face that I always do when I listen to this song. <laughs> but um, wow. to take this out, Sarah, I want to just force you now to listen to the lyrics to Kathy Dennis's Too Many Walls. Imagine that it's nineteen, the summer of 1992 okay, and that we are at drama camp mm-hmm. on lunch and I'm forcing you to listen to this. Okay. Um, but I'm... I'm intensely passionate about it. Too Many Walls, a number eight hit for Kathy Dennis. Wish on a rainbow is all I can do. Dream of the good times that we never knew. No late nights alone in your arms. I'll dream on. Living in wonder, thinking of you, still looking for ways to uncover the truth. You're so young is all they can say. They don't know. If I could change the way of the world, I'd be your girl. Too many walls have been built in between us. Too many dreams have been shattered around us. If I seem to give up, they'll still never win. Deep in my heart, I know the strength is within. Mark and Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I would follow this up with a reading of the Lady of My Heart lyrics, which um, oh. I think actually is a reimagining of a song by Loggins and Messina. So first of all, shut up and forever. And <laughs> second of all, my brother rewrote it to Lady of My Fart and could not wait yes. to burst into my room and caterwaul Lady of My Fart. Tell me why you fart. You've waited with your farts. And I need you to be with me tonight. Farting. Yes. <laughs> Which he could never get through the whole thing without laughing. And neither can I because it was really funny and better than the original. <laughs> So with Fart that, and Sarah, I'm losing it. <laughs> talk about songs. Okay. Talk about so, farts. Oh God, kill me. With that, we've been. We've... <laughs> Did you just have a fart sound effect ready to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in the soundboard. Uh, well, let me ask you this: What does Ricky Martin think about it? We all win when we are in touch with Literiki. <laughs> Disgusting blob. I could do this what all day. Is, what does Joey Lawrence think about it? <laughs> what does LL Cool J think about it? <laughs> Crozier. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, what if Joe comes by? No. <laughs>
<laughs> oh shit we need some well, parts so here i go oh oh well thank you seventh grade us <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> okay y'all let us know your songs from the seventh grade that you still love to this day whether you should or not and um just know sarah that as ever you are all i need oh my gosh um you can touch me in a rated g fashion all night long <laughs> I, I i shall just on your elbow oh and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah, with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at Patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube